I have something to share with you that um, may surprise you. A few people already know it, but I think maybe more of you need to know this. I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. Now I know that surprises some people because they say, well, you're in the Bay Area, wouldn't you be a 49er fan? Or you grew up in Wisconsin, so you should be a Packer fan, right? But the truth of it is, loyalty is not guaranteed just because of where you've come from. Now, I won't go into all the exciting and happy details of why I'm a Cowboys fan, but we'll just say that sometimes that shocks people because that's not what they expect. They expect loyalty. And that's true when it comes to uh, certain products, right? Like uh, computers, for example. Uh, boy, those Mac people, they will be very loyal to using Macs, and, and the same with the PC people. But the truth of it is we have choices. And those choices sometimes break the preconceived ideas that we have about loyalty. But sometimes there are other things that affect loyalty that we have also as we continue with our series of messages from Paul's second letter to Timothy under the theme of the heritage of faith, today we want to look at Paul's encouragement to us to stay loyal. But let's leave the football field for, for a while here and, and go instead to a, a dark and damp dungeon in Rome. And there we find an aged little Jewish man chained up by the name of Paul of Tarsus. Now, he probably doesn't realize at this point what effect his writings and his work will have on the course of human history, which would be tremendous. Right now, he's just focused on the end of his own life. And he's reflecting on reports that he has heard that many people whom he, whom he loved and, and whom he taught and followed him are now leaving him. They're like sailors jumping from a sinking ship. But then he hears a, hears a noise, and the door to his cell opens up. The light is dim, so he can't quite make out who's standing there at the door but he hears a, a familiar voice. Paul, Paul, I, I found you at last. And he responds, Onesiphorus, my dear friend, is that really you? And there in comes his friend Onesiphorus, who had been searching for him. He comes and perhaps shares some drink, some food, maybe a warm blanket, and without a doubt, a report on the progress of the work of the gospel. It's in that quiet little setting that Paul then is moved to write words to the young pastor Timothy about staying loyal. Let's hear those words. You know that everyone in the province of Asia has deserted me, including Phygelus and Hermogenes. May the Lord show mercy to the household of Anisiphorus, because he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. On the contrary, when he was in Rome, 
He searched hard for me until he found me. May the Lord grant that he will find mercy from the Lord on that day. You know very well how in many ways he helped me in Ephesus. You then, my son, writing to Timothy, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Paul's words, written from his heart, as encouragement to stay loyal. First, he encourages us, stay loyal to the Lord's work. When we look at that first verse of our text, you know that everyone in the province of Asia has deserted me, including Phygelus and Hermogenes. We see that he's pointed out that some people have turned away from him, and he doesn't want that to happen with Timothy or, or others. So he's given the encouragement, don't turn away. Now maybe his words were a bit exaggerated when he said, everyone in Asia is turning from me. But he cites these two men, of whom we know nothing else about. This is the only time they're mentioned in Scripture. But apparently they had a big impact on what was going on. For some reason, these two men, and again, we don't know who they were. Maybe they were leaders of churches. Maybe at one time they had been trained by Paul to be co-workers. But whatever, they had turned away, and it was having an effect on others. Why were they turning away? Maybe it was because of the growing persecution against Christians. Maybe it was just because of the hard work of ministry. Maybe it was the, the change of, of lifestyle and now being a Christian. Maybe they just didn't want to be associated with Paul, who's now a criminal in the eyes of Rome. Exactly what were they turning from? Well, that we're not told either. Were they just turning away from the ministry? Were they turning away from the Christian congregation or turning away from Paul or the Christian faith? Either way, we, we get this encouragement from Paul, don't turn away. Because that happens even in Christian churches today. People turn away. Maybe, maybe they have a disagreement with the leaders or other people in the church. They don't see eye to eye on something. And so they just want to walk away. Maybe the work has become too much for them, too hard, too disappointing. Maybe there's been criticism, and so they want to just turn away. Or, worse, maybe they're turning away from the truth. Maybe they want to follow what Paul calls itching ears and, and follow some teaching that seems to appeal to them more than the message of the Bible. Paul is encouraging them, don't turn away. Stay loyal. And what he does now, he cites the reference of Onesiphorus. May the Lord show mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, because he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. On the contrary, when he was in Rome, he searched hard for me until he found me. May the Lord grant that he will find mercy from the Lord on that day. You know very well how in many ways he helped me 
in Ephesus. From this example of Anisiphorus, we get an encouragement about remaining faithful to the work of the Lord. To be a bringer of help. And I label it that way because that's what the name Anisiphorus meant. A bringer of help. Now, we don't know exactly what he did, but whatever, his actions were reflective of his name. And his help was an encouragement to Paul. Paul cites how he searched him out in Rome, how time and again he had been helpful to him in Ephesus. Now, maybe he brought him food and drink, maybe he brought him a warm blanket, maybe he brought him some other supplies, or maybe it was just his presence. We don't know. But he brought him help. And Paul notes in his prayer now that God would grant him and his family mercy. We don't know why. What was going on? Was he in danger? Was his family in danger? Was he in prison now? Or maybe it was just the sacrifice of time and personal resources that Paul asked that God would have mercy on him. But whatever, again, it's very clear. His sacrifice, his efforts to bring help to Paul were an encouragement. Paul puts it this way, they refreshed me. And with that, he's encouraging us to look at the work we do as a way of refreshing people. Literally, in the Greek, that word meant, he brought me a breath. We might say, a breath of fresh air, or, or some refreshment, or, or relaxation, or relief. You see, he wasn't ashamed of Paul's chains, the circumstances Paul was in. He didn't go into that dungeon with Paul and and stare at those chains and shake his head and say, this is, this is just horrible. Nor did he come in and ignore the chains as if they weren't there. I doubt that he came in and said, you know, Paul, if you just have a little stronger faith, maybe God will save you. And I doubt that he said, you know, when Peter was in this situation, God sent an angel and released him from jail. I don't know why he's not doing that for you, Paul. Maybe you're not as special as Peter. I'm sure he just came in and with words of encouragement and with his own presence lifted up the spirit of Paul, especially because this visit could have meant imprisonment for him. He was risking his own life and his own reputation by identifying himself with Paul and his message. But you know what? It didn't matter because this was all for the Lord. And that's what ministry is about to tell people about the sacrifice that our Lord made for us. How he gave up his throne in heaven to come in this, and live in this world in our place. To face the temptations you and I face, and yet to overcome them. And then to lay down his life for us in order to give us life. You see, that message is what the ministry is all about. That's the message people need because it's through that message people are saved. And so when, when Paul sees somebody coming to risk their life for the sake of that message, when he hears how the message continues to be spread, he's encouraged because that's what ministry is about. It's about spreading the message. It's about having people believe that message so they're saved and give God the glory. 
Now, I can tell you personally, that's what motivates me and, and, and the rest of the staff here at Apostles. It's that joy of sharing that gospel message, doing that work that brings a breath of life to others through Jesus. And so my first encouragement for you this morning is stay loyal to the work of the Lord. We are a congregation of sinners, and sometimes different opinions may get in the way. Sometimes discouragement may come because certain results have not been met. But stay loyal to the work of the Lord. The reason is that we need to work in harmony for the sake of the ministry, that the message remain foremost and in the forefront. And that's because people need it. We can do this as we simply recognize what the need of people is. See how the Lord has blessed us and then step in to serve, to give of our time, our energy, and our resources that we may bring people that breath of life. Now, I know that uh, in, in uh, sports, when uh, players have been very key in winning a victory, they'll be labeled as the MVP of the game. And in, in businesses, employees who have done great may become the employer or employee of the month, and, and they get a special parking spot for a few weeks. Huh? Uh, and, and even in schools, right, we, we give the kids awards for special things they have done, and, and maybe they're labeled student of the month. Well, our Lord has given us a commendation when we are loyal to his work. He says, well done, good and faithful refresher. So let's stay loyal to the work that God has given us to do. That's our role in this heritage of faith. Now for a moment, let's go back to that that dungeon scene. Despite the physical conditions, I don't think the conversation between Anisiphorus and Paul was all doom and gloom. I don't think it was one big pity party. I imagine there being excitement about hearing the success, the spread of the gospel. And the reason I say that, the Apostle Paul, in in just a, a couple of verses after our text, says, I am suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal, but God's word is not chained. No, he could see how God's word kept spreading and bringing life to people. And that's why he went on to encourage uh, Timothy in this way. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. And so his second encouragement for us this morning is stay loyal to the Lord's word. And that first encouragement is believe it, trust it, stay strong in grace. Grace is the core of the gospel ministry. For it's by grace we are saved and not by works. The Lord encourages us to keep growing in that grace so we may be faithful and strong. We know that it's God's grace that motivates us 
to serve Him and to remain loyal to Him. We are comforted by the fact it's God's grace that has opened up a pathway to His throne where we can go with all of our needs and find mercy and help. We are reminded that it's grace that is that anchor of hope we have for the future, not just the future of this world, but forever. It's His grace that gives us the certainty of eternal life. In fact, grace is the topic of the very last words of the Scriptures when St. John writes, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. And note how Paul phrased that in our text. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. He identifies very clearly for us how God's grace is made known and is active in our life. It's the grace that was evident in Jesus. It's God's love that moved him to send his son into this world. It's that love that moved his son to live under all of the laws of God for us perfectly so that we could have a perfect standing before God. It's that love that moved him to lay down his life, to take upon him the guilt of all of our sins so we would not suffer the wrath of God. It was God's grace to assure us that the curse of sin, death has been removed by raising Jesus from the dead to give us the assurance of our resurrection and eternal life. Grace is the key and the cornerstone of the Christian faith. No wonder then that Satan goes after it and people turn away from it. You look at any other religion in this world and their teaching about the afterlife or life eternal is all based on who you are and what you do, not God's love. But the devil has even brought that, that message into Christianity too so that there are some churches that say, well, yes, you have God's love, but it's still up to you. There are still requirements that God expects of you in order to be saved. And so from it, there has been all sorts of legalistic approaches, an emphasis on holy living to show that you are saved, so that you know you are saved. And of course, there's the opposite side of it, too, that the devil works. Oh, since you're saved by grace, you know, and all forgiven, just live any way you want. It really doesn't matter. Stay loyal, stay strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And then Paul expresses this concern, that we take that message of grace and we pass it on. Listen to the instructions he gave to Timothy. The things you have heard from me say in the presence of, and heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Paul was concerned that the message be passed on. You know, you and I are here today because people were concerned about that very thing. And so they passed the message on to us. The same encouragement that Paul gives to Timothy, the Holy Spirit uses for us to pass the word on to others. He's speaking about passing it on to reliable people, to people who are qualified, people who have been trained. We do that when together as a church body, 
we train future teachers and, and pastors in God's Word with a very thorough understanding of the Scriptures. And then the pastors get additional training in the biblical languages so that we can dig deep into the truths of God's Word so we can share them with you. You have a role in that. With your prayers and with your offerings, because a portion of them go to our church body, we can support the ongoing work of training future pastors and teachers. But there's even more we can do when we encourage our young people to consider a role in the ministry, that they can be some of those reliable people qualified to pass on the Word of God. And why is that so important? Because we need God's grace. So stay in the Word. Every day we fall short. Every day we have needs. And every day God's grace is there for us. Go to the Word to hear it. When you have fallen in sin... Go to hear God's word of forgiveness in the scriptures. When you find yourself wrestling with a sin you have a hard time breaking away from, then be reminded of God's grace to you in your baptism, which tells you you have been raised to live a new life. And you are now not a servant to unrighteousness, but a servant to God's righteousness. Be reminded of his love and his concern for you in your time of need. And go and ask for his grace. You need his grace. And so do others. Let's see what their need is. And let's step in to share the word. Is it work? Yes. Is it tiring? Yes. Can it get disappointing at times? Sure. But I'm reminded of those disciples when Jesus fed the 5,000 with just five loaves of bread and two fish, how at the end of all that busy work, they gathered 12 baskets of blessings left over. You see, the truth is, when we are busy refreshing other people, God is going to be working to bless us too, to refresh us with that same word of grace. Let's stay loyal. Amen. Amen.